It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Here we are on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining us on the Here We Are Radio Show, a spin-off feature of www.herewearewithlucy.com. We hope the information on our shows and website make your life better, brighter, and easier. Come on by and subscribe so you're alerted to new content. We have a gift giveaway. It's free, and your information is never sold or shared. Plus, we know you are busy so we won't bug you with constant updates. It's May 16th, 2010, and I am very excited about this episode. Carrie Dad Pinheiro, Awakening Sinful Fury, page by page. You might already know this, but Carrie Dad Pinheiro is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. She wrote her first novel in the fifth grade when her teacher assigned a project to write a book for a class lending library. Well, She's now the author of over 20 novels and novellas. And for more information on Carrie Dad and her many books, you can visit her website at www.carriedad.com. That's spelled C-A-R-I-D as in David, A-D as in David, or www.thecallingvampirenovels.com. We have a lot to find out and learn from Carrie Dad. So let's get to it. Welcome to Here We Are, Carrie Dad. Hi, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, I've been so excited and I'm looking forward to this show. And for listeners, you can call in at 646-929-2473. That's 646-929-2473. You can ask a question or chat with Carrie Dad. Um, Carrie, give us some more back. Give us some background on how you went from writing a fifth grade project, which I think is a is I mean it's a it's a classic start, and then you become a published writer. Well, you know, I was always a um, an avid reader, and I had never really thought about writing a book. And then our teacher came into class on the very first day and told us that we would have to do this project, um, twenty pages, typewritten, and it was going to go into a class lending library. And I was just so intrigued that I went home and I started writing, and my poor mom had to type 120 pages at the end of the year. And from that moment on, I just knew that I had a lot of stories in my head and that I wanted to get them on paper and share them. And then shortly after the birth of my daughter, I, I decided that I needed to follow a passion that I hadn't and decided I was going to try to get one of these stories published. And that's 
basically how I, I got to being uh, selling my first book. So you basically that assignment flipped a switch for you. It, it did. I just found the pleasure in writing that I had not experienced except maybe possibly with reading. And I just knew from that moment on that at some point in my life I wanted to be a writer. Okay, so we're going to come back to this. I think this is very interesting. First, I want to uh, address the fact, uh, obviously, you know, you started when you were in fifth grade. You're telling us that you had this passion. You discovered it. And here we are, exist to help busy women. And you are definitely a busy woman. You juggle a successful career as a partner in a law firm. You have family, and you write professionally. Can we talk a little bit about how you balance the work, the family, and the creative life together? Oh, I, I'd love to. It, you know, it's not an easy task, and a lot of times people do ask me, you know, do you have a clone, or are you really a vampire? They tease me. <laughs> Excuse me. And I think um, the thing for me is I, very early on, we always knew that family was the number one priority in our lives, and so we insisted on doing simple things like sitting down to dinner together every night whenever it was possible. And so I did things like skew my work hours. So I actually get to the office usually around 7 in the morning so that I can leave at a, at a regular hour, around 5, and get home and we can have dinner. And that made it a little difficult because it's like, how do I fit in writing? Um, I think right. most people, especially women, they have to deal with um, dinner, the demands of family. If you have children, like I have a daughter, I'm running around, especially when they're younger. You know, you have soccer, you have softball, you have school events and things like that. And so I basically tried to find productive time that normally would have been downtime. So for me, I, I ride on the train ride into the office and on the way home. Um, I tend to work at night after we've done with our family things. And then I get up very early on Saturday and Sunday mornings and usually work for about three or four hours before the family's up and we're doing other things. So you're, are, you a, are you naturally an early bird? I wasn't. In fact, uh, if my mom were alive, she'd probably be wondering because I was one of those kids who used to sleep till afternoon. Um, Interesting. But, so but, I hear what, you, what you're saying is that nothing's perfect. And, and are there times when you're really out of balance? And if that happens... What tips, I like what you said about, you know, everybody has to sit down to dinner. What other tips can you offer women um, to to assess and readjust when things are out of balance and you're trying to juggle and still follow, you know, your, your passion? Um, it is tough because, you know, let's face it, there, there's only 24 hours in a day. And sometimes the demands of all the, the different things that you're doing um, are pulling at each other. And I think one of the things that I try to do is remind myself that the one thing that's most important, obviously, is family because, you know, careers come and go um, sometimes and even passions come and go, although luckily my passion for writing is still there, but your family is the number one thing that sustains you. Um, and so for me, when I'm feeling that I've reached a point with either my legal job or my writing, um, I, I really kind of hunker down and spend time with family, and I try to involve them in what I do. Um, my daughter, from a very earlier age, has always helped me, you know, with doing promotional things or um, research or other stuff as much as I can involve her, and that's been very good um, because she's become an aspiring writer in addition to her other passion. Um, and then I try to take a break. Um, sometimes 
Um, you know, we like to be Wonder Woman, and I think society almost expects women to be doing, you know, multiple things at once. But at some point, you kind of have to take a break and sit back and do nothing. Um, I agree with that very much. And I, I think one of the things that women don't do is that to, to accept that it's okay to do nothing. Yeah, no, it, it most definitely is okay to do nothing. Um, and I know, I mean, I'm, I'm a type A personality, and I know that sometimes I feel guilty, but, you know, you need to mentally recharge. And This, kind of, this is very true, and especially when you have children. Um, I apologize to the listeners just that there's a little bit of an overlap in the technical, so and I apologize to you too, Carrie Dad, if I'm, if I'm overlapping a little on you. Uh, the, there, there is something to being able to say to yourself, it's okay to, to turn off or, you know, sit down with a quiet book and not be running around or, and, and also to even go to a movie and not be sitting in the movie saying, oh my gosh, I have 30 other things on my to-do list and just sit and enjoy the movie. Uh, and and I, I really am glad you made that point coming from your experience and with all that you are doing and doing it successfully that it is important for women to hear this and that, you know, it, it you can do it all. You don't necessarily have to be Wonder Woman, but it's it's a good thing. So uh, you mentioned your passion, and we've been we've been going down this path. So it's okay to assume that your passion is the writing. Is that correct? It is. I, I mean, I love to write. Um, you know, the stories just come to me. Um, even though you know, every now you do have a, a block, but you know, the stories come to me, and, and the idea of sitting down and exploring them and researching them and, and actually getting them on paper is something that I absolutely love. And I kind of also love all the ancillary things that comes with it, and that is meeting other writers, meeting the readers, um, and traveling to different places to to research the books. Um, I, I'm a geek. I, I love research. I love schools and studying, and so... Um, yeah, you know, I think all of that really feeds into the passion of writing, um, which makes it very rewarding for me because I get to do everything that I love. So it sounds like you're very curious. Oh, I am. I, I was the kind of kid that read through the encyclopedia. Um, okay. That's very interesting. I, I I was a little bit too, not not uh, complete, but I used to like the dictionary. That was my thing. I used to like to look up words. Yeah, no, I, I love things that even now, even though I was a science major and I was, you know, didn't go into science as my career, but um, I still keep up on what's happening and which is what prompted the latest series of books. Um, but I, I love school and I love, you know, everything associated with it. And um, my mother used to say that the only day that was a lost day was the day you didn't learn anything new. And I think I've, I've kind of kept with that through my life. Oh, I like that quote a lot. I like that a lot. That's that's. I may use that at herewearewithlucy.com. That's a really great quote. Um, you know, a lot of women hold themselves back uh, because they struggle with taking care of others, or they get caught up in a job, or and and you seem to be able. You know, we talked about the balance and your passion. Do you have any tips for women to just? Say to themselves, it's okay, and I'm going to follow this passion, whatever their passion is. Like, how did you, I mean, you you discovered this from a young girl, and you became a woman, and you have this family, but how do you give yourself permission to keep going with the writing? Do you, know, you see where I'm going? Uh, no, definitely. I, you know, I think it's very tough because as women, we're nurturers, and I think we have a tendency to put ourselves second to um, a lot of things in our lives, uh, husbands and, and children and everything. But I think the important thing is that 
you know, marriage and family is a partnership. And I think that your partners, whether they be your children or your husband um, or significant other, um, have to understand that there are some things that you need in order to keep on growing and and developing. And I think maybe one of the reasons that people do have problems, um, even later on, older couples, is that they stop growing and so they, they get bored with each other and they're not interesting anymore. I think that's because you kind of stifle yourselves um, you know, by becoming too involved in your children and the like and not really paying attention to yourself and the things that you need to flourish. Um, so part of it is acknowledging that this is something that you need in order to keep on growing as a person. And the second thing is um, kind of having your family understand that it's not only good for you, but it's good for them. Um, that you'll be happier and, and they'll be happier. And it's kind of like a symbiosis that goes on um, when you have a, a family unit that really understands that it is a partnership and that each person brings something to the table by continuing to grow. And I, I think, at least in my family, I've been very lucky to have a husband and a daughter who are very supportive and understand that, and I think it's helped them as well. And I think that's a very good point, that when mom is happy, everyone's happy. Yeah, <laughs> My husband says, happy wife, happy life. When he teases this is me. true. This is very true. So so your passion turned into this career. I mean, technically you have two careers. Is that, is that fair for me to say? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So yeah. you're, you're, I mean, that's a lot. And it's, and, and you've been, I mean, New York Times bestselling author, USA Today. You're certainly at the higher echelon of a writing career versus so many aspiring writers uh, you know, people who are writing on blogs like myself and other things and trying books and, who, you know, everybody sort of is at a different level. Obviously, no one's ever at the same on the same plane. But um, after you saw this taking shape and going in a certain direction and it was starting to happen for you, uh, were you surprised by it or did you steer this in this direction? I, you know, I wasn't. I have to say that, you know, for a while I, I was not really, I, would, I was always writing, um, but I was not actively pursuing publication. And I think there's, there's two differences because some people are happy just writing for themselves. Um, but at some point in my life I realized that that wasn't enough. Um, I realized that my legal career at the time uh, that, it, that I was being a lawyer um, you know, I had just had a baby, and unfortunately, I was at a time where people were mommy-tracked, and there was a glass ceiling, and um, and that really paid a big part of it. And it took me kind of saying, well, you know, if this career seems kind of either stalled or changed somehow, what am I going to do? And one of the things was, well, you know, you have you've had this this joy and this interest in this in this writing and why haven't you ever taken it to the next most logical step which is trying to get a book published and and that's when I really said well look you were able to go to law school and do all this um, well why can't you get published and you know what in retrospect it's silly to say it and and it sounds so easy well yeah let's publish a book but it's, it's a difficult path at times even it after is, it being, is it's definitely a tough road to, uh, you know, road to hoe. It's uh, so you, so you def. So basically, what what I'm hearing you say is that you, you, you saw something happening in your traditional career, 
and you started to say, well, I have this passion, and, and I think that's very important to point out that your passion actually led you down to this second career. It wasn't just like a hobby of needlepoint or whatever you were, whatever it is, and I'm not saying anything bad about needlepoint, but uh, do you know, what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? Like you really um, you took that, that seedling of your passion and you made it into something else. Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, I decided to um, nurture it by um, joining a writing group, by um, going to, actually, my first venture was to an adult ed class um, that was being held in our school district um, with, actually, a very well-known writer, Fern Michaels, and, um, and she was very supportive. She said, you know, you have talent, and she actually sent my work out, um, which oh, was wow. really just a gift. Um, and from there, I just, you know, I had a bunch of rejections, but I decided that, you know, obviously I had something and it was worth exploring and I just kept on writing and writing and writing and um, learning more and more about the business, about how to send a query letter, how to submit, and and eventually, you know, uh, I had an, an editor at a publishing house say, well, you know, this is too long, but what else do you have? And I and one of the things is being a type A personality, I, I never waste time. I, I had already another book that I was working on, and I realized that book was just way too long for what the editor wanted. So I, I figured out a way to make it the right length and sent it off within just a couple of weeks, and they bought it. And, and from there, it just kind of moved along little by little, you know, with its ups and downs. But, um, you know, I always had something that I was working on even when, you know, I was in the process of writing a book for which I had a contract. So, so you, if you were, if you were to give an aspiring writer, from all your experiences, I mean, and you really you've started, you know, like everyone else, and and now you've got twenty plus published items, and you have new things. We're going to talk about that coming out. Um, what would you, what would you tell an aspiring writer about the process? Not necessarily about writing in general, but about the process of going from non-published to being published? Well, I think the first thing I would tell them is is that um, I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't have an English degree, I don't have an uh, MFA, and they're all worried about that. It's, I was a science major. I mean, I took liberal arts classes, but um, the first thing I would tell them is, is that anybody can learn the craft of writing. It's being a storyteller that is what makes the difference. Um, and so for them to just keep on thinking of unique stories. And then the second thing I would tell them is, is do go and try to improve your craft um, if you have the ability to tell a story. Um, and you could do that by taking an adult ed class or you know, joining a writing group just, such as the Liberty States group that we have. Um, and the other thing is learn the business, um, which is something I had no clue about when I started. And I, and I really had to learn it very quickly because it is a complicated business. And again, um, finding a group is a great way to learn about query letters and what publishers are buying and what agents are good and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so it does take a lot besides just the talent of being able to tell a story. Um, and I think that's the most logical thing is, you know, meet up with other people like you because so that connection. Connections, yeah. is that what you're saying? So so in terms of networking, networking interests me very much about how things, I love how things are come together in the universe and or, or sometimes it's, things happen and they're so 
symbiotic. It's it's almost unbelievable. Um, how do you network? And is there are there tips you can share about uh, how you successfully expanded your circle? I know before you mentioned you do a lot of traveling and then you meet up with readers and you go to conventions and things. What else is it that you're what are you tapping into to, to make those connections and, and that networking work for you? Well, definitely, I think the first step, if you're not published, is going to conferences uh, where you will meet other writers and be able to take workshops and panels um, and, and meet editors and agents. Um, you know, obviously, um, local chapters like you know, the Liberty States and other ones in the area, bigger organizations like, uh, in my case, it would be the Romance Writers of America. But, you know, if you're writing genre fiction, uh, most of the different um, genres have their own particular um, organizations, um, Sisters in Crime for female um, romantic suspense writers, um, groups like the Mystery Writers of America and Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers, um, Children's, obviously, Market as well. Um, it's definitely important to go and kind of make person-to-person connections and also um, attend workshops and the like so you can learn more. Um, I often do workshops at local libraries and things like that. Certainly go to those. They're free and, and the libraries are a wonderful resource for things. And I, I also uh, think blogging, if you're writing, and I know you have a blog which is attached to your website, www.caridod.com backslash blog, correct? And, and yes. you know, you also, it's a way for people, I think, to get to know you on a more personal level, things you're interested in. I know you sometimes write about a movie you've seen or uh, different items that are happening in your life, and maybe that is affecting your writing, or maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just, just general things, but it's a way for you to open yourself up a bit and let people get to know you. Do you agree with that? Oh, oh definitely. I, I definitely think that's the second part of the equation, um, which is meeting other people. Um, and the blogs are certainly a wonderful way to do that, um, and, and, and Facebook and some of the social networking sites. But if you're not published, blogging is a wonderful way to build your writing skills and to build your writing credit. Um, because, you know, there are a number of blogs that have gone on to um, be created or, or changed into books, whether fiction or nonfiction. Uh, for example, uh, Julie and Julia started off as a blog. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the Smart Bitches Trashy Books have um, a history of romance, which I think is called Heaving Bosom. So the blogosphere is a great way to build credits and to build an audience. And I, I always tell people um, that even if you're not published, you have to start building those connections because it is a tight market out there. And so when an editor is looking at two potential writers, and if their writing skills are equivalent and the stories are equivalent, and one writer has no website, no internet presence, no connection, and the other one has a blog that people visit, a Facebook page with 3,000 friends and everything, well, who do you think the editor is going to buy? Right, those numbers become very important. They become very important. The editor Mm -hmm. wants to know that they have an author who is savvy enough to uh, market themselves and use those connections to sell books. Um, and so it's important, even before getting published, to start building those um, net, that networks of friends and people and, and, and kind of create a presence and a platform that you can then use to assist you in, in getting um, a book sold. Now, when, you, uh, when you're writing a book, 
you get the. I just want. I I I want to understand your process particularly. And let's say now you have. Well, wait. Let me go back. I I have so many things I want to fit in on this. You have a a new deal that you just actually blogged about. So tell us a little bit about that first. Yeah, I I actually have two. The but the uh, I have two that I'm very excited about. Um, the first deal is that we have signed a contract for another two books in what I'm calling the Sin series. Uh, okay. Which is the, a paranormal romance uh, slash romantic suspense uh, series of books dealing with uh, genetic engineering, and it's set right here down on the Jersey Shore. Um, Like I said, I was a science major, and I wanted to use some of that um, knowledge that I had to craft uh, a story about people who develop other powers um, as a result of being um, illegally altered. Um, And it's very exciting for me because I, I love science, and it lets me do that, and I love paranormal. It's a, a great genre because you could do so much with it. And, and the next two books in the series are actually going to take a, a very kind of darker turn where we're introducing some people um, who are really um, gifted with certain powers. And I actually based that on some research that I did about um, kind of South American um, indigenous people and the like, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I've been able to go to South America a couple of times. And um, so I'm very excited about that because we're going to get to continue the Sin series. And um, the next one, Stronger Than Sin, will be out in November of 2010. Uh, but then we'll follow very quickly with books three and four in the series. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, that's, that's yeah. As a writer, that's, I mean, that's a dream come true for you, I'm sure. Uh, it is. It's, it's very exciting. And it's nice to have the books relatively close together. Um, mm-hmm. The problem, when, you know, the problem is sometimes when you have them a year apart or, or longer than that, um, especially when they're kind of interconnected or in the same world, um, even though they stand alone, um, readers have a tendency to like to read them one, two, three, right on top of each other. Um, and usually those longer spells, um, you know, make it difficult or, or readers will wait to get books one and two right on top of each other. So it's nice that we're going to have the books out basically almost every six months. And, I mean, as far as the genre goes, your timing couldn't be better. This is such a hot, hot, hot genre that yeah, you're, you're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because when I sold my first paranormal book uh, back in 2004, uh, actually it was released in 2004, it wasn't a hot genre. And it took me a year and a half, two years to sell that book because everybody told me nobody reads vampire stories. And I think in retrospect, they're probably laughing now. Because oh, could you imagine? It's it's uh, nobody reads the vampire, <laughs> and then and, and knowing what's happened since two thousand four, it's been crazy. Uh, Cara, dead. We have a few minutes left. Is there anything else you'd like to add, or you want your fans to know? Um, well, I um, I want them to know. Obviously, uh, stronger than sin, which is the next book um, in the sin series, will be out in November, and again followed by uh, two other books in uh, twenty eleven. I've got some other paranormals coming out. Um, actually, I'm dipping my toes into e-publishing with the wonderful new um, Karina Press, um, which is a Harlequin um, digital-only press. We've got some Aztec-themed paranormal stories um, coming out with them, one about a vampire and the other one about a um, kind of terrorist conspiracy um, revolving around an ancient relic. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun doing research on that. And um, also, I think my fans know that I have the Calling Vampires series, and yes, there there are other books coming in the series. Uh, I'm 
they're delivered, and I'm just waiting to hear from the publisher when they'll be out. Um, and again, I'm hoping they'll be in 2011, but it may be possible it'll be in 2012. Okay, are you sure with all your science background you have not cloned yourself? Oh, I wish I could. It might make things a little bit easier, but... Uh, oh, my gosh, Tarita. This is amazing what you're doing. And, and I know your work is very good and, and well-received, and I wish you the best of luck. Uh, and I thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I know it will inspire other women in, and as well as writers, male or female. Well, thank you. I, yeah, and definitely, you know, don't give up. I mean, it's like the lottery. You know, you've got to be in it to win it. I always tell people you, you can't give up your dreams because otherwise you'll just never achieve them. And it may not be easy, but, you know, nothing worthwhile is ever easy. Oh, you just took my words. I was just going to say that. Nothing that you have to work for. It, it always is. It, it, it is so true. What you work for, you end up reaping the most from, I think. You know, it just things come along for you and that you don't expect. Thank you once again. And thank you, listeners, for sharing part of your busy day with us. Again, you can find out more about Carrie Dad at www.carriedad.com and www.thecallingvampirenovels.com. Remember, at Here We Are, we understand that every minute counts, and we hope our radio shows and lifestyle information at www.herewearewithlucy.com help to make your life better, brighter, and easier on your way to running the world. I'm Lucy Weston, and I look forward to talking with you next time on Here We Are. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.